0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September twenty second, two 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I am in the studio with Kevin Farrell, our producer, who's really gotten hung up on some chicken salad. There's a new chicken salad <laughs> restaurant Uh, in Jackson. And each and every uh, recording session, I catch up on the newest and the latest in chicken salad. Also, Teresa Haygood. Welcome, Teresa.
1: Thank you. Hey, Malcolm.
0: Good to see you. Thank you for being here. And on the phone, live from the library in South Haven, Mississippi, we have Roger Allen Cleves. Hello, Roger.
2: Hey, how are you you doing today?
0: Man, we're great. Great. Uh, So, What we're going to talk about is we've got a special uh, initiative going on between the Mississippi Arts Commission and the Mississippi Library Commission. Teresa, could you explain a little bit about the history of this uh, relationship and what we're doing today and how it's come to be?
1: Sure, Malcolm. Well, it's been a real treat to be somewhat of a liaison between the Mississippi Arts Commission and the Mississippi Library Commission. Uh, serving as the exhibit coordinator for these shows. Um, way back, you know, when I was working at the Arts Commission, we had started doing these art shows. To this is about like five years it's ago. It's about five or six Good years gracious, ago, it time seems. Time flies. Time does fly. You're getting
0: younger, and I'm not. <laughs>
1: no, that's not true. <laughs> but it's a wonderful opportunity that, uh, you know, sprung into place this year uh, for me to kind of come back into the realm and uh, help with these art shows, kind of like in the past. And it's a great partnership because we're able to uh, feature uh, these fellowship recipients in visual arts uh, from uh, you know, each of the uh, various grant um, seasons mm-hmm. and uh, feature their art in the beautiful Library Commission building, um, beautiful uh, gallery and hallway, exhibit hallway. So it's a perfect uh, partnership in a sense.
0: So back in the day when you worked at the Arts Commission and I was in my first tenure, we used to have regular art exhibits in our office, and we Correct. would invite all of the employees of the Capitol complex, and we'd get all kind of people who'd come in and never been in our office before, really never been to an art show, never really interacted with with artists, and it was very successful and a lot of fun too.
1: It sure was. It was a real treat for us to host the shows. I think it was, uh, it helped with a lot of the camaraderie in the building. Mm -hmm. It helped uh, our state employees and different agencies intermingle and, um, you know, look at all this wonderful art. And hopefully each of us were able to take something away from those exhibits and those receptions.
0: Yeah. And from time to time, we would sell a few pieces Mm -hmm. and Make connections between these artists and uh, folks who were, who were interested in their work. We would have all. We would have a lot of visual art shows, but we would also, from time to time, have musicians. I remember having Duff Dura in there one time. Playing. We sure did. And we've had some. Bill Ellison came and played some bluegrass and acoustic music for us one time. But anyway, time passed. Uh, I left the arts commission. Uh, you left the arts commission, and the arts commission stopped hosting these. Uh, these uh, exhibits, and about the same time, there was a change at the Library Commission, and Sharman Smith left, and they began to eliminate the exhibits that they'd been having, because they'd been hosting art exhibits over there for years. They sure had. And uh, then Susan Dobbs, well, she's not Dobbs anymore.
1: Susan Lyles. (laughs) Susan
0: Lyles, who also worked with you and I at the Arts Commission. She went to work at the Library Commission. Right. And, and again, all these years later, I'm back at the Arts Commission. You're out there, a full-time freelancing artist. Susan's at the Library Commission. And we decided, hey, let's put the band back together. So we decided we would have a series of art exhibits at the Library Commission featuring the Mississippi Arts Commission's visual artist fellowships. And so Susan's over there promoting it. We brought you on as the curator or the manager, or what do you call yourself?
1: Exhibit coordinator. <laughs> Exhibit <laughs> it's coordinator. It's a mouthful. But,
0: <laughs> but either way, so we've just recently had our first show. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It was last week, I believe.
1: Yes, definitely. We just had our first uh, reception uh last Thursday, April the 5th. Uh, it was uh, wonderful. It featured uh, the art of our uh, upcoming guest, uh, Roger Allen Cleves, um, also a local artist, Amelia Key. I believe you interviewed M- Amelia. Uh, yeah, we had
0: Amelia on Arts Hour a, a few weeks, weeks back.
1: And Starkville, Mississippi uh, resident, uh, Robert Long. He's mm-hmm. a ceramicist and also professor at uh, at Mississippi State. So um, the show was just a real hit. I think uh, it really, we had a lot of art, uh, colorful, whimsical. We named the show A World Away. We just felt like it was, kind of took you into another, another space in time, another land, and We just had a wonderful uh, turnout, and so um, I think our our premiere show was a real hit, and we're looking forward to the ones that are yet to come.
0: And what are we going to do, four more, or do you know exactly?
1: We have four more shows. Okay. Uh, So we're slated for the next uh, group. We'll uh, be... Set up on, I guess, April the twenty seventh, because okay. the last day of the show is April twenty sixth. So oh, the current show, the current mm-hmm. show, a uh, world away show, will will like I said, be up until uh, April twenty sixth, Thursday, April twenty sixth. So anybody that would like to come in and take a look at it in person uh, before it goes down, now is definitely the time to do so.
0: And they can see it at the Mississippi Library Commission. Uh, during their hours of operation, which I would assume are nine to five or something like that.
1: That's right. Eight. It's actually eight to five. Eight to five. Monday through Friday. They are closed for state holidays, um, but anytime you can go, it's a, a working library. They have people from the public in and out all the time. So, it's uh, you know not just an office space. It's a public space as well. So we encourage people to go and check it all out.
0: And the library commission is located out at what I used to call the R&D center. I don't know what this campus is called anymore. The E&R center. The E&R. Which is home to MPB, the Humanities Council, IHL, the Community Colleges, uh, the Library Commission, mm-hmm. uh, ITS. Lots of state agencies are out here in this cluster in this beautiful wooded area, off Lakeland Drive, off Ridgewood Drive kind of stuck away here close to East East Over Drive. Anyway, that's where physically the Library Commission is, and the show is uh, open and hanging until April the 26th, 26th, and it features uh, three fellowship recipients. uh, As Teresa said, Amelia Key, who does mixed media, very playful, a lot of uh, mobiles and other stuff, Robert Long, ceramicist from uh, Mississippi State, and our upcoming guest, Roger Allen Cleves, who lives in South Haven uh, and uh, is on the phone with us now, uh, actually from the library there. Welcome, uh, Roger.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
0: Yeah, man. So you're, you kind of have one foot in Memphis and one foot in Mississippi up there, right?
2: Oh, correct. You know, South Haven's just Mississippi South. Oh,
0: <laughs> and you actually attended uh, school uh, in Memphis, right?
2: Yes, I did my undergraduate work at the University of Memphis, and I did my graduate work at the University of Wisconsin at Madison.
0: Oh, boy. You went way away for that second degree.
2: Yeah, I wanted to experience the wintertime, see if I liked the cold weather. And? And I love it.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> but yet you came home.
2: Yeah, well, for family reasons. My my mom got real sick, so I just came back home to be with her in her last years of life. So. Hmm.
0: Sorry to hear about that. But we are delighted to have you uh, on not only on the show but also uh, in this exhibit. And I wonder if you could tell our listeners on the radio a little bit about your work uh, and the pieces that are hanging currently in the show.
2: Well, this body of work is um, – it was titled The Land of the Forget-Me-Not. Uh-huh. It's about a created world that I invented, and I'm writing a short story about it, actually. And my main character, Bookie, has access to created worlds, and he travels to them. And when he got to the land of Forget Me Nots, he recognized something in the in the landscape and in the mm-hmm. in the wildlife that was kind of growing, and it struck a chord with him, and he felt like a empathetic attachment to it. So he decided to stay there for a while and nurture these plants back to health. And while they were growing, he learned about their history and. Their like creation process from a visitor that was also in the garden, and he just decided to like share parts of his life with them, and in kind of like a cultural exchange type of thing.
0: Wow! And so the forget-me-nots is a reference to the plant and the flower, the forget-me-nots, right?
2: That's correct. That's the that's what the he, he started calling the plant.
0: And and they're also these little flowers are all in your paintings, are they not?
2: Yeah, the there's normal types of flowers, and then there's more abstract flowers that are put together from different motifs that I'm fond of, and the motifs have to do with like African and Egyptian culture. So it's 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 about these like just forgotten culture. the The whole thing can be linked to a movement in art called Afrofuturism, and it's about when you have been disconnected from your history and you piece it together through means of fantasy and means of, um, like, fiction, just to, like, try to relate to about a past that you know nothing
0: about. Is this your first uh, foray into Afrofuturism, or is this something that you came in contact with while you were in school and uh, have had a relationship with?
2: There's been bits and pieces of it in my work, but I, I just... Um, came to be aware that there was an actual like movement of people doing kind of like working in a similar vein as I do, and I just started reading about it, and I felt like uh, that like I was somehow attached to that movement. So it came after my graduate work.
1: That's great, Roger. Um, I had a quick question. I just wondered, um, as far as your um, interest and your creativity, your interest in art. Uh, when did this all start? Was it just in your college experience, or was it something that drove you throughout your childhood and and your your adult life?
2: Um, I've always been an avid drawer, but I, I got serious about it in in college when I started my college um, courses. I was an economics major and with a political science minor, and I, I just didn't feel like I wanted a future with that degree. And when I looked through my notes, I was still, like, was drawing throughout all my lectures and, and courses. <laughs> so I decided to take a, a drawing course, and it just, I just took to it like a duck in water. I was just naturally, naturally good at it. Like, I, I just needed to be refined. And
1: That's great, Roger. Goodness, that's uh, such an interesting story. I would not have expected the, uh, you know, economics and the poli-sci. So, So we're glad that that led you to your drawings and to your art, because we have certainly been inspired by your work.
0: Okay, Okay, Roger, Uh, we're going to take a break here, listen to a little bit of music, and then come back and visit more about uh, your art and your influences. And again, uh, my guest today is Teresa Haygood, who is an artist, a local Jacksonian who's a member of... Uh, the Arts Guild, and uh, very active in the arts scene in Jackson and throughout the state, and also Roger Allen Cleves, who uh, lives in South Haven, Mississippi, and uh, his exhibit is at the Mississippi Library Commission now. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host this Sunday afternoon. Hope you're having a lovely day. Whether you're in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, or Louisiana, we are glad you are tuned in to Mississippi Public Broadcasting, MPB Think Radio. I have two guests today, Roger Allen Cleves. Hello, Roger. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Roger is coming to us live from the library in South Haven. If you somehow are mistaken that libraries have become irrelevant, they have many purposes these days. Um, gathering places, places to use the Internet, places to connect to people, as well as to get information and research and, of course, to check out a book to read. Also in the studio uh, with us today is Teresa Haygood. Welcome back, T.
1: Thank you. Nice to be here, Malcolm.
0: Yeah, thanks. I'm glad you're here. And Teresa is overseeing a partnership between the Mississippi Library Commission and the Mississippi Arts Commission, that is hosting a series of visual art uh, exhibits uh, at the beautiful Mississippi Library Commission facility out here at the e E&R and Center, E&R Center uh, which is located out in the middle of the woods uh, between uh, Lakeland Drive, uh, Ridgewood Drive, and I guess the Eastover but anyway, if you're available to come out one day and see the exhibit, it'll be on display until April 26th at That's the great. Library Commission. But anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody. And uh, let's jump back into uh, talking about Roger Allen Cleave's uh, art style. If you could, uh, Roger, tell us a little bit about your influences and sort of what, what has gone into your, your creative components of art making there.
2: I'm really interested in artists that had a creative way of talking about like, social narratives, um, and when I think of artists like that, I think about like Picasso, Goya, and contemporary artists like Trenton Doyle, Hancock, and just like many of the titans of the art world.
1: Oh, that's great, Roger. I can definitely see the, uh, in fact, I had just mentioned, I wondered if Picasso was one of your influences. And uh, I just love all the, you know, first of all, the large scape canvases that you create um, really do give you room to tell a story and all the individual images, um, they're they're somewhat fanciful and, and a bit different. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, what all goes through your mind when you when you... Collect all these images in into one big painting. Um.
2: Really, when I'm um, composing a painting, I'm trying. I'm going back and forth between the story that I'm writing and actual, like, just like drawing and um, object making. So when I get to an interesting point in the story, and it speaks to me like visually, I'll I'll try to I'll start piecing together the painting with um by doing like a series of like drawings and sometimes that leads me to doing collage work where I'm cutting things up and pasting them back together and sooner or later I get to a point where I have like a a solid composition that I I feel that like from a design standpoint will like speak visual like volumes to the spectator or the viewer.
1: Very good, very good. I see um, a lot of sort of continued objects, you know, where you have one image that's sort of cut off and then, uh, con- you know, continues in the- another part of the painting. It's just all somewhat tied together in such uh, subtle ways. I just love the way you, you represent everything.
2: Yeah, well, the the forget-me-nots, one of their, like, special abilities is they can grow and morph um, into things that they come in contact from their world. So that's, a lot. like, why there's a lot of... Um, Different objects and different like facial features that are put together to make up the entire forget me not plant.
0: And Roger, you you were explaining that you also uh, are writing stories along with these paintings. Is this something that you've always done, or is this unique to this particular group uh, of artworks?
2: Um, I find it, I find it like very unique to this particular group of artworks. It, the usually. How writing has played a role in my work is, it hasn't ever been like this pieced together. Like when I when I started making this work, it, it felt like something that I wanted to explore for, for a long time. So, I I wanted to like just invest more in the writing and the art making part of it.
0: Have you studied creative writing as as well as your uh, visual art and painting?
2: Oh um, no, I haven't. I I've always, like when I was younger, I always kept like a book of short stories. You know, we didn't we didn't have like like really like fancy video games and things of that nature. So we had to find other ways to be creative. So I always kept like a book of short, short stories that weren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's always like been a, a passion of mine. I've always like been big on journaling.
0: Have you ever submitted any writings for publication or is it just stuff that you keep to yourself?
2: It's usually stuff I just keep to myself. I, 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 I like writing, but I know in my heart that I like connect with painting more.
0: Now, you grew up in Memphis, is that right? That is correct. And moved down into Mississippi later in life?
2: Um, well, I, when I left for college, I was still a Michian. So, But when I came back, my parents had moved to Mississippi. And like I said, I came back to be like closer to them. So I just chose, to, chose a location that I could get around to seeing them and help kind of take care of my mom.
0: I, I would be interested in sort of your impressions of life in Memphis, say versus um uh you know Madison Wisconsin where you later went to college and those two uh those two cultures and those two communities very different i would think
2: um they are very different Madison is more of just like a it's a, it's more of a college town and but it's ha- it's also like in the center of like this like working working class environment there mm-hmm. um I don't know. It seems like everything thrives around the university pretty much there. And Memphis is, I guess, I'd say less transient. Madison is more—what's um, the word I'm looking for? There, There's more, like, cultural diversity there. I'll
0: put uh-huh. it right. What about uh, artistic influences in Memphis versus uh, Wisconsin or Madison?
2: I actually think my work is more suited for, like, the Midwest style. You— if you go look up the history of Midwestern art, there's like the Chicago images, Jim Nutt, the Harry Who, and it's always had this like kind of weird, abstract, loose, loosely painted kind of style. And, and Memphis is more more traditional, I guess. There's uh, a greater attachment for realism and things that are like readily identifiable.
1: Mm. Wow. <laughs> I was just listening in. That's great, Roger. Um, I'm also from Memphis, so I was I can kind of understand what you mean by the realism, the attachment to the realism, and uh, as opposed to uh, some of the more whimsical motifs that, that you encompass in your work. Um, let's see, tell us a little bit about your process um, as far as your... Now, these are oils, is that correct?
2: That's correct. And- Usually, I don't like try to like nail down a specific process for a painting. Like sometimes, if I, I'm always like looking for a better better way to do things. But oftentimes, the paintings will, they can start with like just line drawing, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're they start with like a complete like under, a grisaille, like a under underpainting that's mm-hmm. one solid monotone color, and I'll I'll glaze up the color. I, I found that those on um, canvases that are started with the glaze they just look like a have a richer and deeper mm-hmm. deeper feeling to the atmosphere in the painting
1: oh that's great so so tell us a little bit about how uh long it takes for you to compose these and one uh particular question I had uh as far as the comparing it to the work that I do with the mosaics sometimes I don't always have the end answer or the end image in mind do you? Uh, sort of uh, let these, I guess, evolve uh, from your spirit as you create them, uh, or do you have a plan? Um, I start
2: I start out with a loose plan of what I, what I'm doing, and usually at the end of the day, when I'm just kind of reviewing what the work I've done, I'll I'll do a little bit more writing, and I'll I'll kind of like tweak tweak the narrative or the storyline and. Mm-hmm. If there's room for me to, because I'll, I'll see, some, I'll do that because I'll see there, there's something missing in, in the painting, and I'll, like, want to fill that space. Mm-hmm. So I'll tweak the narrative and go back and add characters and just try to, like, to find the best overall solution for the end product.
1: Wow, it just continues to evolve and continues to grow. That's wonderful. That's that's what it's all about.
0: My guests today are Teresa Haygood, who is a Jackson-based uh, visual artist and, uh, former employee of the Mississippi Arts Commission and Roger Allen Cleves, who's a painter visual artist from South Haven and we're talking about an exhibit that is uh, up until April 26 at the Mississippi Library Commission featuring Roger's work uh, as well as Amelia Key and Robert Long's work. It is a joint uh, endeavor by the Mississippi Arts Commission and the Mississippi Library Commission. Uh, so, Roger, I was curious, uh, what sort of uh, place do you work? Do you have a studio? Do you work in your room? Do you have a lot of space? Or are you limited? How do you create?
2: Um, I have this. I just have like a real large room kind of like dedicated de- dedicated for art. And I like to work in kind of tight spaces. So the, there's always uh, a bouncing back and a dialogue between the, the objects that are in the room.
0: And what are you working on now? This, this exhibit is obviously something you finished and is hanging. What are you working on now?
2: Well, in this, in the Forget-Me-Not exhibit, I kind of grew the, the, the creatures to a, a larger form. And right now I'm kind of backtracking tracking, and trying to figure out exactly how they grow. So the paintings I'm working on now show the forget-me-nots in just like a smaller smaller form than you've seen before. And I figured out that they, like, grow from just, like, specific body parts. And it's, it's just kind of, I've just kind of, like, taken a step back from what I did there and filling in the story a little bit more.
0: That's great. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today in the studio with Teresa Haygood and on the phone with Roger Allen Cleves, live from the library in South Haven, Mississippi. Welcome back, Roger and Teresa.
1: Thank you, Thank you Malcolm.
0: So Roger, I was, I know part of this um, exhibit that we've put together over at the Library Commission that Teresa's heading up uh, features uh, the Mississippi Arts Commission's fellowship grant recipient. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about receiving the fellowship, what you've used the money for, what it has mean to you, and kind of what you, you know. How have you have inco- incorporated that into your work?
2: Um, I've used uh, the money for. Um, supplies, gallery rentals, um, traveling, advertisement, th- things of that nature, um, just to kind of support my art, and it's really, really been impactful. Before I received the fellowship, I didn't have like a lot of like supplies for sculpting, so I got to get a few, few new tools that have like come in handy for um, building some of the objects that I created.
0: And Teresa and I were talking about this Yale fellowship you won back when you were uh, in Memphis. What was that about?
2: Um, Every year, Yale has a summer program, and it's called the Yale Norfolk Summer School for the Arts, and they invite about 12 to 15 students from just across the country to come out and be a part of this program. And you get to meet a lot of, like, important um, working contemporary artists, and they come by for studio visits and give you advice and try to just like give you a support system for um trans- um from going from like undergraduate to graduate school.
0: And what year was that that you experienced that?
2: Um I believe it was like two thousand seven, two thousand
0: six. Okay. One of those years. Great.
2: Yeah. So and when I when I did that program I, I met like really like great artists like Barclay Hendricks, Hillary Harkness, um Barnaby Furness. It was just a lot of important like contemporary artists were there. And I still keep in t- touch with some of them today.
1: That's great to have connections with um, your, you know, contemporary uh, artists and uh, friends. And we really can draw off of each other, each other's work and uh, inspire and help each other. Uh, so that, that, that's just terrific. We were really interested in uh, hearing a little bit more about that. And also, Roger, um, wondering where we'll be able to see your work. Like, what's, what's the next chapter for Roger?
2: Um, well, right now I have a, a show up at the University of Memphis Museum, Amon Museum. It's called Monsters, Marks, and it was curated by um, Sherry Lindquist. And it's just about, just like, a show that kind of talks about the, the history of monsters and, and the arts going back from to artists like Henri um, Dumas and, and Goya, medieval-type type things.
1: Is that connected to any of the forget-me-nots?
2: Um, one of the piece, um, pieces... Specifically, I was asked a question about like how what I thought a monster was mm-hmm. and if I was like creating monsters and i told I told the curator sherry that i wasn 't really i don 't really like look at these things as monsters but people people come approach monsters from their perspective mm-hmm. and what 's a monster to me isn 't going to be like a monster to somebody else when I look at the forget me nots I just see um, these creatures that have like had a hard time in life and are like doing their best to make it. Mhm. So
1: So does the painting drive the story, Roger, or does the story somewhat drive the uh painting? Um
2: it doesn't it doesn't really like work either way. They kind of just like feed off of each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess if I I guess when I'm composing things the story the story gets me to the, the, the imagery first. Mhm. And what's next for me is I'm, I just plan to have a couple of more shows and hopefully my good luck continues.
1: Definitely. Well, we, we have been honored to uh, meet you and, and get to experience uh, this wonderful uh, group of uh, paintings and, and all the, the work that you've done. And it's just been uh, quite an honor, Roger. And uh, so we, we just want to be sure and um, mention also that people can go and see your website Uh, RogerAllenCleaves.com www.RogerAllenCleaves.com And we encourage everybody out there to to go and check out some of these lovely creations and uh, I think each person's going to see a different story uh, in in the the visuals that you've laid out and uh, it's just beautiful work, Roger.
2: Thank you very much, Teresa. Are, Are
0: there other ways that people can connect to you? You say you have an exhibit now in Memphis as well as the one here in in Jackson at the Library Commission do you have work in other places do you have galleries do you have representation
2: no i right now the the gallery market is is still like slow in memphis it's it's not a it's a lot of artists in memphis and not a lot of room and what i'm making is really new visually to people mm-hmm. so i haven't like found a gallery that like wants to take a chance on showing like objects that i could like consider art versus objects that i consider Um, That are more design orientated.
0: Mm -hmm. What would be your ideal uh, place of residence? I mean, you grew up in Memphis. You've lived out in Wisconsin. Uh, Where would you? What would be the perfect place for Roger Allen Cleves to live and work?
2: Um, there's a lot of. I feel like you can make it as an artist anywhere now because the internet and and things like that. But like a thriving art market, I think would be probably Berlin or or London they they are ready for like abstraction and provisional type paintings more so than America it seems to be right now
0: hmm. so are you prepared to go abroad <laughs>
2: <laughs> um not not yet i mean if there's still there's still like a lot of things i want to do here it's like i don't i don't want to give up on like show, showing in the united states so and this is like where my support system is so mm-hmm. I'm not quite ready yet, but I think one day I would like to venture abroad and travel and see different things about the world and because everything you do impacts your work in a in a new way.
0: So we've talked a lot about uh, the creative writing process that you use when you're painting the stories, the the narrative style. Are other art forms uh, that influence what you do? Do you listen to music when you paint? Are there movies, films you talked a lot about monster exhibit uh maybe horror films i mean does any of that play into this or or are you just influenced by by things that you imagine
2: um when i was growing up i played alto saxophone and i was in a in my um high school jazz band thing so i've always listened to jazz while i worked there's a there's a certain connection between improvisation and abstraction that I think like plays well with each other and how how music can get you in a place a you know, mood, um, so can like visual visual arts I think. So I try to like feed off of feed off the of sounds as much as possible while I'm painting.
0: Do you still play music at all?
2: Um, not much. I gave my saxophone to my nephew and <laughs> <laughs> he's taken he's taking over that part of my life but hopefully i'll get it back one day
0: what about uh the memphis sound any of the the music of your childhood the music that made memphis famous are you interested or attracted to that or not so much
2: i, I still listen to everything my my dad grew up like playing like the radio he, he would always be on blues and r&b so i i'm definitely i definitely have that kind of like memphis soul sound embedded in my in my heart, I think.
0: <laughs> what about the river? Having grown up on the banks of the Mississippi, does that have any sort of influence or tug at you?
2: You know, whenever I need uh, a place to like just kind of like zone out or just think about life, I always I'm always been attracted to to water. So I oftentimes will go out to like a lake or something and just like get a little writing done and just kind of reassess where my life is and try to find a little growth from that experience
0: mm-hmm. do you get on the water or are you interested in like oh. paddling or boating
2: oh no i'm not i'm not interested <laughs> in being out on the water i just want to be close enough to look at it okay <laughs>
0: no interest in engaging it huh
2: no not over the fishing from the banks I guess.
0: <laughs> do you uh do you have siblings who are artists or other people in your family where did do you, do you see where it came from
2: my mom was probably had like the most creative spirit. When she was growing up, she did things like ceramics and things, but not, nothing ever like on a professional level. Because when she was growing up, you just didn't art wasn't something that you could safely explore, I guess. And it, it still has like a lot of like downfalls where you like the bottom could fall off at any time, but you I don't know. I, I feel like I'm good enough to overcome any adversity that is thrown my way.
0: Do you remember your earliest um sort of interaction with art when you first felt creative or felt like you wanted to make art? Do you remember anything about that?
2: Yeah, probably um the the funny papers, the comic strips and the Sunday paper. I would always grab them and read Calvin and Hobbes and just all those like great little cartoons. I think I think I really wanted to be a comic strip writer when I was little. Oh, I think I think that's probably where the narrative part of my art comes from. Me wanting to tell the story visually.
0: And and who are you, some of your favorite cartoonists?
2: Um, I, list, I like I really like I'm big on Calvin and Hobbes and um Felix Felix the Cat. I like that mm-hmm. kind of old school drawing style where it, it isn't about like creating just a real figure, but it's more like loose and rubbery. I, I guess that's the best term for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well that's great. That's great. So when you were a child, I assumed that you would just sit around and uh, draw the comic strips. I know I did that.
2: Yeah, I try to come up with my own uh-huh. have my own little characters.
0: I guess you could always do an exhibit of of, of a new cartoon. Maybe of a character, that maybe the the flowers as yeah, as cartoon I, characters.
2: In graduate school I was able to uh, Dabble around with animation, so I'm, I'm familiar with the process, but I, I haven't had time to just sit down and create something on my own, and a lot of the great animations you really need a team for, so I, maybe one day I can put together a crew and <laughs> get these things moving on screen.
1: That would be amazing. I, I could see the natural uh, transition. Ah. And, Roger, I was just sitting here as a Memphis girl myself uh, thinking back to the commercial appeal cartoon uh, section of the Sunday paper. <laughs> and it was a, a great uh, read and a great uh, little source of inspiration for me as well. And I don't know if you ever did this, but I took Silly Putty and pressed it down over the image, and then you could turn it over and kind of shape it. And I don't know, that was, that's a great point about that being the first uh, little, you know, I guess, foray into art for you, because I, I kind of felt the same way. But um, I love what you're saying about the uh, to add some animation to your, your paintings. It's almost like they're, they're alive already. So this is a natural transition for you. I hope that we can uh, see that someday on, the, on your horizon.
2: I I
0: hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, is there any um, words of wisdom you want to leave us with, Roger? We appreciate your time and your willingness to to call in and be on our show, and also for participating in in this exhibit that uh, Teresa has worked so lovingly to put together. Uh, and, again, thank you for submitting your work to the Mississippi Arts Commission and for being our one of our 2018 Fellowship grant recipients.
2: Um, Any words of wisdom?
0: Yeah, lay it on <laughs> us. Um,
2: well, I, I would just say to anybody that wants to pursue anything in life, it's like don't let anyone discourage you. Um, feed off all the positive energy you get and just believe in yourself because hard work and ambition can take you a long way. That's well,
1: great. so true.
0: Well, I'd like to thank Roger Allen Cleves, uh, who has um, been willing to call in uh, from the South Haven Library, which is a, a very neat concept, to be our guest today, and also to remind our listeners that Roger Allen Cleves' uh, paintings are on exhibit at the Mississippi Library Commission, along with Amelia Key, Key and Robert Longs, and uh, we want to thank Teresa Haygood, who has put the, put these exhibits together and continue to work with us at the Arts Commission and thanks for coming on the show. Teresa. Thank you so
1: much for having me what, Malcolm. what are
0: you working on
1: well right now I've been working on a few uh, mosaics just trying to get my uh you know kind of my art back in uh full gear and um you know it's a long time consuming process. Uh, for the mosaics. So it's uh, something I really have to kind of think about and get ready for. But uh, hopefully this su- this spring and summer is going to be really busy as far as laying pieces and, and putting all those uh, cool images together. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I tell you what, working on these art shows has really gotten me out of the studio. And uh, it's such an honor to work with these artists and just be able to correspond and communicate in ways that I wouldn't normally if I was just sitting at home working in the studio. So I, I would like to always say how uh, much I've enjoyed this. And, and thank you, Roger, for, for uh, entrusting us with all of your, your work. And um, it's just been an honor.
2: And thank you for all your hard work and putting all of this together. And it's my pleasure. Bringing so many great people from the
0: community out.
1: We had a good time. Had a great crowd.
0: Great crowd. Really enjoyed seeing the artwork. Well, that about does it for this Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White with Teresa Haygood and Roger Allen Cleves. We will see you again next Sunday. Thanks again for joining us. And remember, the Mississippi Arts Commission is here to serve you. We'll see you next Sunday.